0: BOOK 1 CHAPTER 27 OF THE MYSTICAL CITY OF GOD VOLUME 3 BY THE VENERABLE SISTER MARY OF JESUS OF AGREDA. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. BOOK 1 CHAPTER 27 CHRIST OUR REDEEMER LEAVES THE DESERT AND RETURNS TO THE PLACE WHERE SAINT JOHN WAS BAPTIZING, HIS OCCUPATION UNTIL HE CALLS THE FIRST DISCIPLES. THE BLESSED VIRGIN KNOWS OF ALL HIS DOINGS AND IMITATES THEM christ our redeemer having triumphed over the devil and all his vices and having attained the high and mysterious ends of his retirement and fast in the desert now resolved to leave his solitude in order to pursue the further works enjoined upon him by the eternal father for the redemption of man in taking leave of the desert he prostrated himself upon the ground praising the eternal father and giving thanks to him for all that he had done through his sacred humanity for the glory of the divinity and for the benefit of the human race he added also a fervent prayer for all those who would in imitation of him retire either for their whole life or for some time into solitude and far from the world and its allurements follow him in contemplation and holy exercises for their spiritual advancement the father in heaven promised his favors and his words of eternal life as well as his special helps and his blessings of sweetness to all those who on their part disposed themselves properly to receive and correspond with them having said this prayer the savior as true man asked permission to leave the desert and attended by the holy angels he departed the master directed his most faithful steps toward the jordan where his great precursor saint john was still preaching and baptizing by his presence and appearance there he wished to secure new testimony of his mission and divinity through the mouth of saint john Moreover, he was drawn by his own love to see and speak with him, for during his baptism the heart of the precursor had become inflamed and wounded by the divine love of the Savior, which so resistlessly attracted all creatures. In the hearts which were well disposed, as was that of St. John, the fire of love burned with so much the greater ardor and violence. When the Baptist saw the Savior coming to him the second time, his first words were those recorded by the evangelist. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who taketh away the sin of the world. Saint John gave this testimony while pointing out the Lord with his finger to those who were listening to his instructions and were receiving baptism at his hands. He added, This is he of whom I said, After me there cometh a man who is preferred before me because he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he may be made manifest in Israel therefore i am come baptizing with water these words the baptist spoke because before jesus had come to be baptized he had not seen him nor received any revelations concerning his coming as was the case on this occasion and as i have said in chapter the twenty fourth he continued to speak of christ telling the bystanders how he had seen the holy ghost descend upon the lord in baptism and how he had given testimony of his being christ the son of god John chapter 1 verses 29 through 32 For while Jesus was in the desert, the Jews had sent to him the embassy from Jerusalem, which is spoken of in the first chapter of the Gospel of Saint John, asking him who he was and the other questions there recorded. The Baptists answered that he was baptizing in water, but that in their midst had been one whom they knew not, for Christ had been among them at the Jordan this one saint john said was to come later whose shoe-latches he was not worthy to loosen hence when saint john again saw the savior returning from the desert he called him the lamb of god and referred to the testimony which shortly before he had given to the pharisees at the same time adding that he had seen the holy ghost descending upon his head as had been promised him by revelation beforehand Both St. Matthew and St. Luke also mentioned that the voice of the Father was heard at his baptism, whereas St. John the Apostle mentions only the appearance of the Holy Ghost in the form of a dove, for he wished to record merely the words of St. John to the Jews in regard to Christ. The Queen of Heaven in her retirement knew of this faithful testimony of the precursor in denying that he himself was the Christ and in asserting the divinity of her Son. In return she begged the Lord to reward his faithful servant John. The Almighty granted her prayer, for the Holy Baptist was raised above all the woman born in the esteem of the Most High. Because St. John refused the honors offered to him, the Lord conferred upon him the highest honor that is possible to give to a man next to the Redeemer. On this occasion, when the Baptist saw the Savior the second time, he was filled with new and vast graces of the Holy Ghost. Some of the bystanders, when they heard him say, Behold the Lamb of God, were strongly moved and asked him many questions. But the Savior, permitting him to inform his hearers of the truth as explained above, turned away and left this place to go to Jerusalem. Jesus was but a very short time near the precursor. He did not go directly to the holy city, but for many days he tarried in smaller towns teaching the people and in a veiled manner telling them that the messias was already in the world he directed them on the way of salvation and induced many to seek the baptism of john in order to prepare themselves by penance for the coming redemption the evangelist says nothing of the time and of the doings of christ immediately after his fast but i have been informed that the savior remained about ten months in judea before he returned to nazareth in order to see his blessed mother nor did he enter Galilee, until he had again allowed himself to be seen by St. John, who for the second time proclaimed him as the Lamb of God. This time it was done in the hearing of Andrew and the first apostles, and immediately afterward he called Philip, as related by John the Evangelist. John chapter 1 verses 36 through 43 These ten months the Savior spent in enlightening the souls and preparing them by his helps, his teaching, and admirable blessings, stirring them up from their stupor so that afterwards, when he should begin to work miracles, he might find them more ready to believe and follow him as their redeemer. Many of those whom he had during this time catechized and instructed really became his followers. He did not speak with the Pharisees and scribes during this time, for they were not so well disposed to believe that the messiahs had come. They did not admit such belief even afterwards, when this truth had been confirmed, by his preaching, and when his miracles and other testimonies had so clearly given witness to Christ our Lord. Matthew chapter 11 verse 5 To the humble and the poor, who on account of their station of life, merited to be the first to be evangelized and instructed. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 The Savior preached during these ten months in the kingdom of Judea. To them he showed his merciful liberality, not only by individual instruction, but by his hidden favors and private miracles. Hence they received him as a great prophet and a holy man. He stirred the hearts of innumerable persons to forsake sin and to seek the kingdom of God, which was now approaching. Our Blessed Lady remained during all this time in Nazareth, knowing of all the doings of her son. She was kept informed of them not only by the divine light, of which I have spoken, but also by the messages brought to her by her thousand angels, who during the absence of the Redeemer always appeared to her in bodily forms. In order to imitate him perfectly, she left her solitude at the same time as the Savior. Though she could not grow in love, yet after the overthrow of the demons through our Lord's fasting and other virtues, she manifested it by greater fervor the heavenly mother having received new increase of grace ardently set about imitating all the works of her son for the benefit of the human race and acting as his messenger in the manifestation of his office as redeemer of mankind accompanied by her angels filled with the plenitude of wisdom and furnished with the power of mistress of the universe She went forth from her house in Nazareth to the neighboring places and performed great miracles, though in a hidden manner, just as the incarnate word was doing in Judea. She spoke of the advent of the messias without revealing who he was. She instructed many in the way of life, drew them from their sins, put to flight the demons, enlightened the erring and the ignorant, and prepared them for the redemption by inducing them to believe in its author to these spiritual works of mercy she added many bodily blessings healing the sick consoling the afflicted visiting the poor though she labored mostly among the women yet she benefited also many of the men who if they were despised and poor were not deprived of her aid and of the happiness of being visited by the sovereign of the angels and of all the universe in imitation of all that the lord was doing in judea she also went about on foot spending nearly all this time on her excursions yet she returned a few times to her dwelling in nazareth during these ten months she ate very little for as i have indicated in the preceding chapter she had been so satiated and strengthened by the celestial food sent to her by her son from the desert that she was enabled not only to travel afoot to many places and over great distances but also to abstain from other nourishment the blessed lady likewise knew of the doings of saint john while preaching and baptizing on the banks of the jordan several times she sent him a multitude of her angels in order to encourage him and thank him for the loyalty he had shown to her lord and son in the midst of all these occupations the loving mother suffered great agonies of desire to enjoy the sight and the presence of her most holy son While the heart of Jesus in return was wounded by the clamors of her chaste and heavenly love, before returning to visit her, and before beginning his public preaching and miracles, happened what I shall relate in the following chapter. Instruction Given to Me by the Queen of Heaven, Most Holy Mary I will give thee two important lessons deducted from this chapter. First, love solitude and seek it with particular affection in order that thou mayest partake of the blessings promised and merited by my divine son for those who imitate him therein. As far as possible, when thou art not obliged to converse with thy neighbor in virtue of obedience, always try to be alone. And when thou art obliged to come out of thy retirement and solitude, carry it with thee in the secret of thy heart, in such a manner that thy senses and thy occupations shall not deprive thee of it attend to thy outward employments as if they were to be done only in passing and consider thy retirement as something which is to be permanent for this purpose thou must not allow the images of creatures to enter thy mind for very often they occupy the mind more completely than the objects themselves and they always embarrass the soul and take away from it the liberty of the heart It is unworthy of thee to let thy heart be interested in anything, or be taken up by any creature. My Divine Son wishes to be in it, all alone, and this is also what I desire. My second lesson is that thou learn to set a proper value on thy soul, in order to preserve it in its purity and innocence. Over and above this, however, although it is my will, that thou labor for the justification of all men. I wish that thou, in imitation of my son and of me, busy thyself especially with the poor and despised of this world. These little ones often beg for the bread of counsel and instruction, and they find none to give it to them, as do the rich and powerful of the earth, who have many to advise them. Of these poor and despised ones many come to thee, admit them with true compassion, console them kindly so that in their simplicity they may follow enlightened counsel for counsel is to be administered to the better instructed in a different way seek to gain those souls who on account of their temporal necessities are so much the more precious in the eyes of god i wish that thou labor incessantly that they and all others may not waste the fruit of redemption nor do thou ever rest from thy labor Be ready even to die, if necessary, to advance this enterprise. End of chapter 27